Hi, everyone. Welcome to Built for Devs. I'm Lenny Pruce, General Partner at Amplify Partners. This podcast will offer up actionable insights to overcome some of the most challenging aspects of company building. From nailing your initial product to scaling your open source community to getting your commercial offering into customers' hands. You will hear directly from entrepreneurs and operators from the world's leading cloud, dev tools, and distributed systems companies who have solved these challenges firsthand. We're here to help you go from zero to one. In this episode, I speak with my friend Jim Walker, Vice President of Product Marketing at Cockroach Labs. Jim is an expert in early stage product marketing, shaping the messaging and positioning of generational developer brands, including CoreOS and Hortonworks. In this discussion, Jim demystifies the role and responsibilities of product marketing. He shares his framework for getting messaging right and describes how to approach messaging for the goal of category creation versus going after an incumbent. Finally, he shares what characteristics to look for in hiring a great product marketer. Please enjoy this conversation. Well, Jim, thanks for hanging out. I know you and I have had a lot of conversations about product marketing, and I think I always come back to the fact that it's probably the least understood, yet arguably most important function of an any kind of technical product-oriented business. And so a great place to start would just demystify this function for us. What is product marketing? What are the responsibilities of this function? And why is it so important to get this right? First of all, I would add underappreciated to your list of adjectives <laughs> to describe product marketing. But if anything, it just it goes along with kind of what you were saying, Lenny. I'm I'm honored to be here to talk about it because I started as a product marketer, you know, after being a developer for years. And the reason I got into product marketing is I just saw people saying the wrong thing all over the place. And you know, to really to me, product marketing is all about creation and curation of a message. It's a core narrative of the company. And then helping others in the company bring that to market. You know, understanding who you are as a company, understanding why your audience buys what you have, understanding the value of of the product and what that is, but being able to kind of get that down on paper and to get it right, it's difficult. It's difficult to do. And I think, you know, the closer people get to this function, the more they realize, wow, that's kind of tough to do because you do have to kind of break these things down into kind of quick salient points that are going to resonate. Now, once you do that, you know, I think the, the hard part actually really begins. And, you know, how do you help, you know, people tell this story at scale, either through kind of, you know, the external methods, you know, on your website and in your editorial and your content and analyst relations, that sort of stuff. But then how do you help salespeople tell this as well in an effective way? And I think, you know, coming up with the story is important, but then helping others tell it is, is a big part of this as well. Yeah, I think we always used to say that, you know, your product marketing, particularly in the early days, is your strategy. And so without it, you're sort of lost. But maybe getting into the nuts and bolts, you know, you mentioned the storytelling, positioning, messaging. Do you have a framework or a process for getting these right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I kind of touched on it a little bit in that opening statement, Lenny, honestly. And I think it's when I think about the message for a company, the core narrative, what you want to tell there are really three parts to that. And I have to say, like, kudos to, you know, my friend Dave McJanet at HashiCorp. You know, he came in and kind of taught me a framework. And it's worked. And it's worked every single company I've been in since, you know, since that time. And I think I was naturally doing this before. But to have a framework to talk through, to, to help people understand these things, I find to be incredibly important. And I think of this core narrative, the stack at which we actually go out and talk about who we are, 
why people buy what we have and what that is, is really important because I think people get lost on the, the what and why sometimes, you know, what the product does isn't why people buy it. I can build the coolest thing in the world and I'm this amazing developer and it's like, oh my gosh, this thing is going to do all these things. It's going to cut performance of this thing down in half and it's going to create all these efficiencies. And Okay, but why is that important to your customer? And teasing those two things out is actually really, really important. It's also important not to confuse that with who you are, but understanding who you are is going to help you tell that story in a different way. So I think of it as at the lowest layer, it's product what the product does, right? Like what's the core product messages? The middle layer is audience. How and, and why do people buy? How do they use your product? This is kind of the, the value layer. And then ultimately it's like who you are and why do you do what you do? Because I think people ultimately buy from people. So understanding that and having that kind of weave through everything that you do is pretty important. So I always think of kind of those those three layers. And I've done this over and over with companies. I mean, I'm at Cockroach Labs right now. And if I think about what we do, well, it's scale easily, survive anything and thrive everywhere, right? We can, we can scale a database. We can survive, you know, any failure of a data center or a region or a thing. And we can help people kind of expand globally and tie data to location. So you have low latency access to data. Those are features, right? They translate into a why because, well, we're going to allow you to do this more efficiently, right? We're going to allow you to move to the cloud and take care and take advantage of cloud infrastructure because you have a big spend there. We're going to allow you to grow your business globally, right? And then at the top layer of the company, we're evolved. You know, we're started by these three amazing founders from, from Google who have actually already learned this and we're evolving these things. We're cloud native. We started in that world and we're open. We're an open source company, right? And so that's the stack that I'm currently dealing with. And it works. And it's taken a while for us to get exactly to all these points. You're not going to get it right in day one, but it's a good example of kind of the what, the why, and the who, which I think are the three layers of the stack. And Cockroach is a developer-first company, as many of the places you've been at. How do you think about the role of product marketing and communicating to your users, the developers, versus the CIO, the CTO, and the buyers, the people with the paycheck? Do you ultimately carve out or create different messages for those different personas? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's really translation of kind of what the ultimate value of you and your product or your company is into what they want to hear. And, you know, the funny thing is with, I don't care if you're dealing with a CIO or an architect, which is traditionally who we sold to, but now as we shift more towards kind of just raw developer adoption, I think ultimately, Lenny, it's understanding who it is that you're talking to. And then most importantly of all of it is being authentic. And to me, the trick to any sort of developer marketing or developer relations or any of these things is just truthfulness and authenticity. And to me, I think the biggest struggle that I have in my role is helping, like I said, like us tell this story at scale to, you know, through our website and through PR and through everything, but being authentic through that telling this in a one-off conversation via, you know, a salesperson talking to a CTO or a CIO, but being authentic in that conversation. And the job of product marketing is helping everybody in the organization be that. I could, the word authenticity just comes back time and time again in my life. And I think it's just such a critical part of both of those conversations. But understanding those personas and, and understanding how to be authentic is the trick. Yeah. And I know that product marketing isn't static. It obviously evolves as the product evolves, as the company evolves. 
But what are some signs that you've nailed your messaging? What are signs that you've kind of accomplished? You, you could at least say for now, you know, mission accomplished. I would come back to what are your objectives? What are you trying to do as a company? And does the message kind of allow you to go off and accomplish that? Right. Like, so, you know, funny enough, it's like we've as a company, Cockroach Labs, we're going to come out with this product. It's a serverless database. You know, let's allow people to just use a database without ever thinking about the database. That's ultimately what the end message is going to be, Lenny. It's like, you know, it's a SQL API in the cloud. Never think about the database again. Never worry about your database again, I guess I should say, right? That's the ultimate end message of what we want to say. Now, how do I measure the effectiveness of that? Well, we're going to go out and do that. And it really is going to come back to the amount of awareness and the amount of clusters that we've spun up for our customers. So, I mean, there's very hard numbers to tell you if this is working or not. We're going to test a hypothesis. We think we're right. If it's wrong, well, it's going to—it's just flat out going to come out in your numbers. I mean, marketing ultimately is two things. I'm going to come back to another one of my HashiCorp friends. You know, like Mark Holmes will say this. He's a CMO at, at HashiCorp. Marketing is nothing but two things. There's message and there's math. <laughs> and it's really as simple as that. Mark's brilliant and, and he's right. If the message is right, the math will work. And if you're measuring the math, it'll tell you if your message was right. And funny enough, you can't do one without the other. It's a very complex organism marketing because it all depends on these, these two sides of the thing. So I think it always comes back to the math. That's how successful you are as a company. That's how successful you are as your message is. How do you think about creating messaging when you've got a product and you're trying to create a new category versus going after a large incumbent in an existing market? Are there different tactics or strategies you employ there? Yeah, that is an, an amazingly great question, Lenny. And it, it is very different, those two. Well, it's not very different. It's your approach is different. I think the the story is still, like I said, it's it's what you do, why people buy it, and and who you are as a company. And I think that's critical to get that right. I think the trick in category creation is being less concerned about those around you and more concerned about understanding the larger market and the larger kind of the themes or the movements that are going on. And being bold and and having the chutzpah, I guess, to market to something that's two to three years out. Like I said, I joined Cockroach and, you know, Lenny, I think, you know, you and I had conversations about Cockroach Labs and I think my conversation with you five years ago or three years ago when we said, it's like, yeah, that's the database for three or four years from now. I joined because that's what I want to do. And it comes back to understanding what you think something is going to be two or three years from now. Let's use everything that people are seeing around you and have that as input, but don't be beholden to those that are adjacent to you. Yeah. Have the boldness to just put a stake in the ground and go for it. And again, another great example you know, for the past three years, I've been a cockroach and we've been talking about distributed SQL. And you know what? My team around me is like, well, nobody says this. It's, developers think it's scalable SQL or they think it's this. And I'm like, I don't care. We're going to name this. And this is what we're going to stick to. And you have to stick to your guns because if you don't, that's where you lose category creation. You can't create a category unless you're very, very confident. And that's what that's going to be. And that it takes careful understanding of the market and where you think things are going to be. So that leads to an interesting question, which is how much of great product marketing is art and really kind of leading your audience to water versus science and being really kind of grounded in what developers are asking for today. And this is a a really difficult trade-off that I see a lot of folks struggling with is 
how direct do you want to be with your messaging versus how aspirational you want to be? So how do you think about that? Another really great question. And there's a reason there's marketing and there's engineering or there's sales and there's engineering. And it really comes back to like the people that you're hiring as product marketers. I think the best product marketers, especially technology companies, especially those that are, you know, talking to developers, they have a technical background. They have a foundation to go from. I am blessed by being, you know, I coded for, you know, eight years professionally. And I learned so much in that world. What it allows me to do is understand the world around what our developers are talking about, but it also helps me have a conversation with what our engineering team is talking about. I can talk through and I'll understand that architecture. The art is translating that. The art is translating that so that, you know what, my father can understand it. Not my grandmother, but my father, you know, like, and that's where the art is. And, you know, if you think marketing is like colors and websites, it's not, man. It, it, there is an art of translating these things into what it actually means or being able to scribe or being able to basically translate. I just always think a product marketer as a translator. You take deep technical concepts and translate that into ideas in English that people can understand at scale. That's not simple to do, man. That's just not simple. And I think that's the trick between the two sides. So then two-part question, when is the right time for a startup to hire a product marketer and what should they be looking for? What makes a great product marketer? Yeah, you know, I, if you have the right product marketer, hire them immediately. If you can find somebody who has a good technical background, understands what you do, has proven track record to translate things, I think the earlier the better because they're going to help you understand product market fit, which I think is also one of the struggles with a lot of startups that I talk to. They have a really good idea. They don't know the market well enough to you get product, you don't understand market, right? Like, so how are you ever going to get product market fit? And I think that's a trick. If you find somebody who can, who does have a sense of your market, who can understand your product, bring them in immediately because it's going to help both your product development and then how you actually come to market and go out and sell it. So I think the earlier, the better, in my opinion. But when I look for good product marketers, I have hired under the three same traits forever. And I've done fairly well looking for these three things in candidates. It's humility, passion, and intelligence. And actually, all three of them are very important for product marketing. Humility is important in any employee, right? Like understanding when you're wrong and being able to be humble enough to be okay with that. It's, it's tricky because, you know, you're coming in with a lot of experience and you're working with a lot of smart people. That, that's a tough one. It's tough to interview for, but there's questions around that. Passion is incredibly important for a product marketer because part of what they're doing is not just uh, understanding conceptually what you do. It's also being able to communicate that and to convince people and to be a change agent. Because a lot of times a product marketer has to convince the company that this is right, especially if you're doing category creation, right? And I think that passion and the passion doesn't always come out as the loudest person in the room, but it comes out in lots of different ways, right? And so I think having that and then, you know, intelligence is just one of these things, you know, does the does the person have the CPU to get it? It's a funny one, but it's, it's actually pretty important because this stuff is not simple. And understanding tech and understanding markets is stuff that's, it's cranial. And I think the best product marketers I've ever known are just off the charts from an intelligence point of view, and they know where they fit from a humility point of view and what's right and wrong, but they can also go out and help sell, right? They could, they, any salesperson would want them on a call because they can actually go out and sell and, and get the stuff better than anybody. It's, it's a tricky role to hire for. Jim, this was awesome. Thank you so much for the time. You bet, Lenny, anytime. I'm always happy to help out.
Thanks for listening to Built for Devs. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear other episodes like it, please hit subscribe. You can also find more content on our blog at AmplifyPartners.com and on our Twitter at AmplifyPartners. I'm Lenny, and thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.